0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Sudo Focus, a podcast concerning all things related to the Korean martial art of Tungsudo. Today, we have episode number six of Tung Sudo Focus. I'm Master Steve Paterini, and today we will be talking about basic techniques. In other words, some of the first things you would learn upon joining a Tung Cido Academy and learning the first few things as a white belt. So, let me say this uh, first about beginning Tung Sudo students. Uh, having seen many over my years, that we will often get students who have been successful in other athletic uh, endeavors in their past. They might be good football, baseball players, uh, basketball players, soccer players. Uh, They might be uh, used to going into the gym and lifting a lot of weights and have great musculature. Uh, And then they come in and we ask them to do things like a low block, a center punch, a front stance, and they find it awkward and they're very stiff and they find uh, a lot of frustration in the fact that they don't have uh, almost instant success like they might have uh, again transferring the skills from being a shortstop to being a uh, a soccer player um yeah uh martial arts is different it really is and the muscles we use are often obscure uh, i sometimes make comparisons between taekwondo and yoga in that uh, you could take somebody again who's a gym rat or a very successful athlete in other uh, more westernized sports and put them in a yoga class and ask them to uh, do some poses that look on the surface to be something that's so ridiculously simple and they really struggle Uh, they find that it's, it's difficult, uh, sometimes painful and, uh, awkward and that they don't naturally, uh, have that ability to, uh, to hold those poses and do those things. And, uh, often there's a lot of frustration there. Uh, it's almost better to come in with kind of a clean slate and, uh, that would include, uh, preconceptions from watching, uh, martial arts movies and, uh, things on TV or, uh, on videos of people uh, performing all sorts of great things. Um, starting as a beginner is a lesson in humility that is for sure and uh you know i almost uh to a student uh in my my school talk about how um if you're doing it right it probably hurts more it probably feels awkward it probably feels wrong if that's uh, a, a way of saying it at least initially over time, these moves will feel natural to you, and that's when you'll start to really uh, understand the beauty of it. But initially, uh, when your teacher shows you the the correct form, uh, you know, bending your knee or putting your hand away or doing this or doing that, it, it's going to feel very awkward, and uh, it, it's it's going to take more effort than the way you were probably doing it. Uh, which again, your instructor would probably have pointed out as being improper technique. So you gotta pack your patience and you gotta keep some humility. And I promise you, your instructors will take care of you. And over time, you'll start to understand the reason why you have to do these moves in such specific ways. Now, it is quite likely that the very first technique you will be shown in the Tung si Do lesson would be the low block which is kind of the again original first move and uh i can remember as a white belt thinking to myself uh, geez they're teaching me a low block um how many people try to kick or punch you in the knee or uh you know again how many people would go for uh, the groin area as their first attack and it seemed like a strange thing to uh to, to be the emphasis in the uh, initial technique that I was uh, being taught in my lessons, I was thinking something like a high block or uh, an inside out block, something that would protect my body and uh, my my face a little bit better, it would seem a little more practical to me. Uh, but you know, as I have gone through my years, I've started to understand a little bit more about uh, what the low block is and, and what it means. Um, second technique you're probably going to learn after that is a, uh, center punch, uh, which again is, uh, you know, basic and pretty much everyone knows how to throw a punch. Although you'd be surprised how many people don't even know how to create a proper fist. Um, when you first bring them in for a lesson, especially children, which I guess is not a bad thing that they haven't thrown fists as a child. Uh, but the low block and the center punch would be the, uh, the foundational moves and uh, again, these would probably be taught moving forward in what we call a front stance, which is again, probably the, the most common way you're going to be uh, uh, positioning your body and having your legs in a Tung do form or uh, martial arts. So uh, the low block, um, again, here's the thing with the low block uh, and I guess all blocks that we need to consider is before every block, there's a framing motion. Um, before you extend the hand to block the technique uh, there's a preparatory uh, situation and uh, basically a way I like to tell again particularly uh, newer students is that if the block is gonna end up low your frame is probably up high and if the block is gonna end up high your frame probably starts out down lower which gives you the ability to build up some speed and some power uh, to get that block out there. If you throw up a, uh, you know, a a wishy-washy block, uh, against a, you know, aggressively thrown technique, you're going to get hit. And of course the, the, Purpose of a block is to block and to prevent yourself from being hit. So that preparation, that framing motion, uh, which a lot of people like to short change, especially as beginners, uh, it is crucially important for a proper blocking technique. One that has uh, you know the, the the power and the ability to protect you from that aggressive technique that's being thrown at you. Uh, you know, again, to to kind of send the lesson home to a beginning student, often I'll have them, uh, in our dojung we have those uh, interlocking, what we call puzzle mats, they're about three feet across, and I'll uh, have them put their toes on the edge of the mat and say, okay, jump to the next mat. And they do a you know standing broad jump, and they, they can, almost uh, all of them can clear one mat. And uh, then I'll say, okay, tr- try to clear two. And and from a standing dead start, uh, occasionally you get a very athletic kid who can uh, get uh, that whole six feet, but most of the time they, they struggle pretty hard. I say, all right, back up three or four steps and take a running start and then jump over it. And with the running start, they clear it no problem. I say, that's what your frame is. Your frame is giving your technique a running start. It's allowing it to build up momentum. It's you know, giving you that extra uh, bit of uh, speed and power that you're going to need to send that technique uh, properly uh, to the, the area that you're trying to get to. So framing is crucially important. And again, something that uh, is easy to overlook, particularly among beginners and when hear instructors all the time, you know, work on that frame, frame tighter, uh, you know, you need to frame off the hip, you need to frame here, you need to do that. Uh, Sometimes you even get some eye rolls from students where they're just frustrated with the fact that you're making them go back and do that. They just want to put that hand out there uh, to to intercept the technique. And I promise you that with proper framing, it's going to do a better job and it's going to look better. So that's something that we definitely need to consider is that the framing is a uh, essential portion of the block. Now, since this is an audio podcast, it's a little challenging to give you a uh, very accurate description of what a technique looks like. Uh, Certainly, there's plenty of videos out there you can see on YouTube and such. Uh, But what I would uh, describe a low block as is uh, at least the framing portion would be you start with uh, the hand that is going to block low, starting up by your opposite ear, palm in. Uh, Not directly up against your ear, you probably want to have it about the the width of one fist away from your ear so uh, you don't get clocked in the head there Uh, and then push your own fist into your your head Uh, so you keep it up by your ear turned palm in and the opposite hand the one that is not going to be blocking is uh, straight out towards your groin as a defense and uh, if you take that position with one hand up by your ear and your other hand uh, other fist down by your groin um, very naturally your arms come together and form sort of a barrier uh, down the center line of your body. Uh, so uh, the the big secret here is that the frame is actually also a block. The framing motion can help protect you. Um, I remember when my son was a, <laughs> a young child, and of course, you know, I would go to tickle him, and the first thing he would do would bring his arms and his elbows in to protect his his belly and his ribs where I was, you know, trying to, to poke. and uh, Tickle him uh, to to elicit those uh, cute giggles that uh, children always have. And boy... Uh, the thing that he did to protect himself uh, from <laughs> my tickling attack would look an awful lot like a low block frame with very little training or no training at all, which is very naturally he would bring his elbows in, his arms together. He would uh, you know, use his arms to protect as much of his torso as possible. So this uh, low block framing motion is actually a pretty natural uh, thing for you. Um, I can remember that uh, the, the late great uh, master Tom Whitbread used to always talk, uh, one of his, his sayings was, frame like you block and block like you strike, which always struck me as very interesting. Uh, frame like you're going to block and block like you're going to strike. In other words, uh, a half-hearted milk toast frame is not going to result in a very strong block. So you'd want you to block as though you were throwing a punch or uh, some kind of a striking technique. He would want you to frame like you were doing some kind of a striking technique as well. And doing a very strong, uh, aggressive framing motion, uh, well, guess what? One, it is a form of blocking your framing. And two, that energy you put into the framing action is going to uh, be seen or, uh, manifest itself in the finished blocking position. So doing nice, we talk about nice tight frames, uh, again, in a low block position, having your elbows touching, if that's possible, having your arms very close to each other. Um, and then from there, you would extend that fist that's up by your ear down towards your groin, while the other hand that was protecting your groin a second ago, pulls back to the side, uh, Palm up in preparation for a punching action. So that what we call push pull motion is one hand is going down, the other hand is going up, uh, uh, retracting one while the other is extending. Uh, If you've ever seen a uh, diagram of uh, how pistons in an engine move up and down uh, in in like a, a V8 or something, and if you've never had kids look it up on YouTube look how uh, uh, an animation of how an engine works and the pistons moving up and down one goes down as the other one goes up and they alternate and that's what our hands uh, almost always are doing and our blocking and punching techniques so Again, not to harp too much on the framing motion, but one, the frame actually can be interpreted as a block and a way of protecting yourself. And two, it is the essential ingredient in having a good, strong block. So the framing, and then of course, the proper ending position with your low block. Uh, basically, we like to say off of the knee, uh, in front of the groin, uh, closed fist, of course, and with the opposite hand the head uh, started up, um, started low, Uh, protecting the groin is going to be pulled back to the side, palm up in a preparatory position for more punching. So that's what a proper low block should look like. Two more things that I should mention about the low block technique, uh, which often takes beginners uh, some time to become aware of and to master and to implement into their technique. One would be to as you're throwing that low block down from your by your ear down to in front of your groin. You would want to twist your body and twist your hips and the uh, hip motion and engaging your core into the technique uh, makes it much more powerful. If you think about the energy that just a small movement of something the size of your hips being extended into something the size of your fist, which is obviously if you compare your fist to the area around your hips, it's, you know, 1 the size maybe. Uh, you would have that much more power even with a small hip motion. Uh, There's one of the uh, foundations of Tung Sodo, Do and something that in many ways uh, sets us apart from other martial arts is our emphasis on hip rotation and using hips to generate power and uh, that is something that we spend our entire training career uh, in tung Do, working on generating hips and uh, finding the hips where sometimes they don't even seem to be any. Uh, But that is sort of the extra secret sauce that's going to give your blocks or your strikes that little extra bit of uh, power and uh, generate more force for your technique with more efficiency. So that hip movement uh, if you were to be throwing a, a you know, right blow block, your hand would start up by your left ear, palm in, and as you throw that blow block down to stop somewhere, uh, even with your right knee in front of your groin at that level, twisting those hips is going to give you a whole bunch more uh, power, accuracy. Uh, and to be honest, it's the proper way to do it. It's actually the uh, proper technique is to engage the hips like that. Another thing, as you're bringing that palm in from your uh, ear, as you're turning it down, you're not putting that block out there in a back fist nature. You're actually turning your forearm a quarter of a turn outward. And this forearm rotation is another thing that's uh, an important aspect of uh, Tung Sido that is often uh, not, not understood or appreciated by beginners, uh, at least uh, at the very beginning, and sometimes you can even see more advanced students who still haven't quite got the whole concept, but that forearm rotation is just another aspect along with the hip twist that's going to give us that extra bit of power. So, uh, you know, we'll be talking about punching techniques in a minute where you start with the palm up at your side and your finished punching position is with the palm down, which means you're Forearm is going to go through a full uh, rotation there, and uh, that is going to create a a different uh, amount of force. Um, I think about uh, drilling a hole in a piece of wood that a drill, at least most of the drills we know, the spiral drills at least, uh, they twist and turn, and that's how they bore the hole. You don't just simply press something pointy into the board to try to uh, bore a hole into it. Um, you would have the, the, the drill bit twisting, much like our forearms will twist along with our hips to create that extra energy in that low block technique. Now, we think of our art as one that provides us with uh, training in self defense. Uh, so it makes sense that our first technique we learn would be a blocking motion, a defensive motion. But then, of course, to uh, finish off an attacker or to respond to an attack, we need to know how to be aggressive and how to strike as well. Uh, The most basic technique is a straight on uh, center punch, which uh, once again, with your fist starting palm up uh, about uh, next to your floating ribs. So not quite down at your hip bone, not all the way up by your armpit, but basically it's almost a natural position. At least it feels that way to me after all these years, palm up, Right off of your floating rib, which if you don't know, it's the uh, first rib of your rib cage that you can feel, where uh, you know your your organs and the rest of your uh, torso uh, <laughs> is not surrounded by ribs, so that you can do things like twist and bend over without crunching up all those bones. So if you have that uh, that hand palm up at your side, and as you extend and push your uh, fist outwards, you would turn it over and at the last minute in extension it would end up being palm down so your fist is basically doing a 180 from being palm up to palm down and twisting in a motion as it is extended now while one hand is going out uh in almost in most situations i would say uh that fist is going to be uh counterbalanced on the other side by the other fist retracting in a similar motion. So if you have one hand out that you've just thrown a punch where the palm is down, as you throw the next punch, that one will turn over and the palm will go back palm up and it will return to your side by your floating ribs. And again, I talked about earlier the uh, the diagram or an animation of a uh, an automobile or a motorcycle engine the pistons moving up and down as one goes out the other one comes in and this counterbalancing this push-pull motion uh, that uh, Master Volker often talks to us about uh, gives you balance and it allows you to transfer the energy efficiently, Uh, you can almost find a situation where the harder you pull back with your retracting hand, the more force ends up on the punching side. So that retraction and putting your hand away at the side is a pretty important aspect of the punching. People seem to think more of the business end uh, hitting with the, uh, the, the, the knuckles of your fist and that final extension and impact. Uh, but the rest of the technique, the twisting, uh, and the retraction of the opposite arm may be just as important as that. Now, uh, before we throw that punch, we should probably make sure we're making a proper fist, which I've seen some uh, pretty interesting uh, interpretations of what a fist should look like, uh, especially children. And once again, if they uh, don't know how to make a fist, then uh, we should consider ourselves blessed maybe, uh, one thing I've actually done is uh, taken a, uh, not a Sharpie, but a dry erase marker and drawn a little dot on the, uh, on the second uh, digit of the uh, middle finger and the index finger. And I tell the children, cover that with your thumb, fold your thumb over that. Sometimes kids will even start their fists with their thumb tucked inside the fingers, which is a really bad idea. It's a good way to break your thumb. Uh, A lot of times they don't squeeze their thumb Uh, sometimes their thumb is sticking out and actually extends past their knuckles which means if they hit something and they jam their thumb uh, they're probably gonna break that thumb or at least give it a good uh, a good hurting that's going to make it really hard to uh, to hit anything else with that hand in effect uh, taking away that that weapon from you so you want to have that thumb curled tightly over the uh, first two uh, knuckles of the uh, the, the index and the middle finger. And then of course, you're going to have the uh, impact be with the first two knuckles of your fist, the, the, the pinky and the ring finger knuckles. Um, actually, if you take a fist, and even if you make a tight fist and you kind of squeeze Uh, on that uh, outer side, away from your thumb of the fist, you're gonna feel it flex and move a little bit. But those first two knuckles, uh, where your thumb is compacting them and holding them tight, uh, those are really solid. They also line up nicely with the rest of the bones in your arm. So at full extension, you basically have a connection all the way from the top of your shoulder, which of course is attached to your torso, and you're making a nice biomechanical line there. uh, And there's a good connection and a a solid base for your punch. Um, You want to make sure your wrist is nice and tight. Um, Seen again, little dragons, karate kids, uh, hitting the heavy bag. And uh, if they don't make that nice tight fist, we call it marshmallow hands. In fact, Um, you'll see their wrist fold as they hit the, the bag with such force because they're enthusiastic, but then you'll see their wrist give and of course that hurts and then they become reluctant to hit the bag with any force again in the future. So you wanna make sure that you're hitting with proper technique. Uh, One drill that really helps with this and it's not the most comfortable thing in the world, uh, but if you were to get down on the floor and instead of doing uh, flat hand palm pushups, if you rocked onto the front two knuckles of your fists, put your fists by your side and did knuckle pushups, um, there's really no way to do a knuckle pushup without making a good straight line between your first two knuckles that are touching the floor, which again, if it's not padded can be quite painful, um, but you know, it'll build character. And then you got to have that straight wrist going all the way up your forearm and then you're supporting your body on those. Uh, if you do these knuckle push-ups properly, and you do say, you know, 10 or 15 or 20, and then you stop and you look, the only two knuckles that should be red would be the first two of your index finger and your middle finger. If you roll off onto the side where your ring finger and your pinky knuckle are, uh, it's, <laughs> it's not gonna go very well. Again, you're probably gonna roll your wrist and might even sprain it if you're not careful. So having a good fist, Obviously, uh, you want to make sure that's important uh, and taken care of so that the extension of your punch, you're not going to hurt your hand. One more thing I'd want to mention as we execute these techniques, whether it's a low block or a punch, that as we're extending those techniques, we are also exhaling with our breath. Uh, You might have heard someone in the gym trying to lift a Heavyweight and grunting and groaning and yelling. Uh, we're certainly all familiar with the, uh, the key up, which is the, the, the classical yell that martial artists do when they're trying to uh, create a lot of energy. Uh, There is a connection between the mind and the body, and that connection is the breath. And of course, breath is life. So it's important for us to coordinate our breathing as well. So as those techniques are being extended, uh, you should always remember to breathe. Holding your breath would be a really bad idea, and either blocking or a punching technique. So, uh, you know, I've actually gone a little bit over my usual allotted time here. And I'd just like to uh, reiterate that, uh, one, I, I barely scratched the surface here and there's a million other details I could go on about, but I think we've, we've got off to a good start talking about the low block and the center punch and some of the basic concepts behind them, including uh, the emphasis on framing. And uh, I look forward to spending time discussing some of the other basic techniques in future episodes. Right now, I'd like to thank you for your kind attention and listening. Uh, if you would please uh, refer this podcast to your friends or fellow martial artists, if you would like and subscribe, whatever your various uh, podcast source is, I would very much appreciate that. And I look forward to you joining me for another episode in the future. Tung So.